In manufacturing, we live or die on tolerances. The tradition in American and other Western countries is we are so focused on the specification limits, while Japanese companies focus on uniformity and reducing variation around the target value. In other words, Western countries make a part and say, it's just within specification or it's right on the limit, so it passed our quality checks and therefore it must be good. While the Japanese say, how can we make a part consistently as close to the target value as possible with the least amount of variation? To help get us away from this poor traditional way of thinking, we'll learn about how the Taguchi loss function provides a way for us to quantify the cost of not producing something on the target value. Why Taguchi created his loss function was to help us quantify and show that quality does not all of a sudden plummet when the part is just outside of the specification limits. What instead happens is our quality and losses exponentially increase as the measurement value deviates away from the target value we were wanting. My hope is that these series of the 13 laws of system optimization will help give us a larger and all-encompassing perspective to help us take us to the next level from our traditional lean manufacturing training. Welcome back, my friends. I'm Hayden Barker from Continuous Improvement Journey, where we help you take Continuous Improvement to the next level so you can destroy your organization's status quo, devastate your competitors, and fuel revolutionary innovation. I want to thank all of you who have listened to these podcasts so far. I'm excited to join with you as we travel again along our Continuous Improvement journey. Now let's dive into our topic for this week about the 10th law of the 13 laws of system optimization to discuss the law of tolerances and total costs. As you could have guessed, I'm going to quote W. Edwards Deming in his book Out of the Crisis when he talked about how idiotic it is for Western countries with their traditional view about specification limits when he said, There is obviously something wrong when a measured characteristic barely inside a specification is declared to be conforming. Outside is declared to be non-conforming. The supposition is that everything is all right inside the specification and all wrong outside does not correspond to this world. When you think of it in these terms, it is quite idiotic. And an analogy for this is having one of your kids walk along the edge of the Grand Canyon or some other cliff and say, hey, mom or dad, look what I'm doing. I'm not falling off the cliff because I'm just walking along the edge. I can walk along the edge and stay safe. Everything's just fine. However, in reality, just going over the edge of the cliff is guaranteed certain death or severe bodily injury. So the question is, is why would we as parents allow our kids to walk along the edge of the cliff? Well, the same is true for organizations who manufacture parts or create other products or services. There is something obviously wrong with our thought processes when we think that something just inside the specification or or right on the specification limit is passing. We might say, well, big deal, no problem, it's in specification, right? It must be good. But just outside of the specification, it is like the world came to an end and, oh, it's uh, totally scrap and we have to throw it away now. There's no going back now. It's no good. So my question is, why would something be fine, let's say one thousandth of an inch to the left of the specification limit, but now is no longer okay 
when it's 1000 specification to the right of the specification limit. It really makes no sense. The Japanese are like rational parents who say, no, this is not a game to walk along the edge of a cliff. We will put process barriers in place so we will always stay far away from the edge of the cliff because every step we take closer to the edge exponentially increases our risk of falling off the cliff. If we don't do that, then we need to stop and figure out what we can do to have as an organization to stay safe. In fact, our number one goal that we should have in everything we do is to reduce our variation so much and make the product so consistent that the specification limits are no longer something we should have to worry about. Now, not that we should totally get rid of specification limits, but they are no longer going to become our focus. Really, our main focus really should be hitting the target value with little to no variation. Simply meeting or being within specification is no longer enough. An example of this is, uh, there's a YouTube video of this, but it's a story of the Ford transmission department where they were trying to look at the quality of their transmissions and they realized that their partner, which I guess they kind of recall them competitors, but uh, their competitor was Mazda, who were making the exact same transmission for the Mazda units and Ford was making their own, and it was the exact same transmission, but the Ford quality was so poor and the transmissions were horrible. This was during the 1980s, and I'll put the link of the YouTube video in the description. And so just remember that it is a little cheesy and it was made in the 1980s, and when you get try and get engineers to be uh, movie actors, they end up really looking really stiff and stiff-sounding people. But, but really, in essence, what happened was that they took the transmissions from Mazda and they brought them back to the United States and they took them all the way apart and they started measuring all the internal components and they became very confused because all the parts were made almost exactly one like the other and were right on or very close to the target measurement. The Ford engineers then thought that their measuring equipment and gauges were bad, so they sent the equipment to their gauge master, and they came back and said, no, the equipment is working correctly, it's just that these parts are made so well that they're right on the target value, and there's hardly any deviation, and it is something that they, that Ford did not even think about where Mazda in Japan was trying to not just look at specification limits and live within the limits, they were always trying to focus on the target value, and that's what made their transmissions at the time work so well and last uh, probably like twice as long. I can't remember the exact numbers on that, but quite an interesting concept. So to compare the Toguchi loss function with traditional specification limits, Traditional specifications or limits are like an American football goalpost, where the goalposts are vertical upright posts, and as long as the football is within the goalpost, they get additional points. However, compared to the Taguchi loss function, it is shaped like an upright parabolic curve, so the total cost exponentially increases the farther away you get from the target value. As a summary of the Taguchi loss function, uh, the way he explained it is that from the customer's point of view, every time that we get away from the target value, there it is not that the quality drops all of a sudden with a more traditional view. It is that our customers will experience a loss of quality the moment 
that product specification deviates from the target value. When we look deeper into the concept about the Taguchi loss function, we also have the opportunity to realize that when parts fall out of specification, we may only think that the only cost created was the scrap cost or rework cost. Yes, those costs are things we don't want to see, but we also have to open our minds to have a system thinking approach about these total costs. For example, if we simply purchase raw parts or subcomponents simply on the lowest price, we will actually incur the highest total cost. The reason for this is that really low costing parts will ever hold high quality or low variation. Low-costing incoming parts or material that are simply within in-specification do not tell the whole story about what total costs are and how that they will skyrocket upwards. It may look good because we're getting a good deal or creating satisfaction from our management that we're properly cutting costs and lowering costs by going with the cheapest components. But if one spends time with those who have to deal with this decision of buying the cheapest components and material, they will tell you another story of how these poor decisions and going with the lowest cost will lead to a mediocre destiny. Or even worse, incoming material may come in from two suppliers that are both within specification, but when placed in an assembly together, they do not fit or play well with each other. An analogy of this is that we could have your local high school students play Beethoven's Fifth Symphony and not make any mistakes whatsoever, but comparing that performance to the world's most famous Philharmonic Orchestra, there is a huge difference in the total quality of our listening experience. Thanks again, my friend, for listening. I'll catch back up with you again in the next episode. I know this episode was a little bit short, but sometimes shorter is better.